Okay, I wanted to just uh, yeah start by saying that this year, thank you, this year is in memory of Dr. Chuck Feldman, in memory of an exemplary model of dedication to family, community, and Torah education in Marcus Third uh, your site. The special connection that I have is that the Feldman sent two of their sons to the yeshiva. Daniel, who now teaches in uh, Bar Ilan, and uh, Yosef, who is, um, you know, in the family business in, in America, and and uh, so I had the privilege of knowing Dr. Feldman, uh, who was uh, a person on, on his at his gravestone. They wrote Pele Yoetz. They quoted the pasuk in Yeshayahu that he was. People asked him to come to, to consult with him. Even though he was a medical doctor, but they consulted with him about uh, Jewish things, about education, and about Jewish education, what the community should be. And he was really uh, a remarkable person, so it's an honor to be able to to, uh, designate or or to uh, dedicate this shir to his memory. Okay, we start with the beginning of Ayeshev. Beginning of Ayeshev, as you see, the first pasuk, now I think that the simple shot, the simple I, I think, I mean, even before I read Rashi, before I, that Vayeshev Yaakov is the end of the story. It's the end of the story of Yaakov Avinu. It's the summarizing verse. It makes sense out of all the trials and tribulations that Yaakov Avinu suffered. He got to the point where he was a resident in Eretz Yisrael. You have to remember that Yaakov Avinu's life was a life of strife, of difficulty. He didn't get along with his um, with his brother too well. He, he maybe didn't get along at first with his father or didn't get along very well with his father. And he ran away. He ran away. And, and, and the result of his running away was years and years of travail, uh, somehow getting, uh, getting wives and children and cattle and, and sheep. And it was all very difficult. And then he came back to Eretz Yisrael and God led the hand this time. God could lend a hand, maybe earlier, but lend a hand. And then he got to this point of Vayeshev Yaakov, that Yaakov had stability in Eretz Yisrael, and that's the end of the story. The end of the story of Yaakov Avinu. Okay? And after that begins another story. And that story is here in the second pasuk. The Eilat Hodot Yaakov, Yosef ben Shvaas the story of the Toldot of Yaakov, who are also a story, right? The Toldot of Yaakov are a story, and that story begins with Yosef. And it's perfectly reasonable that the story should start with Yosef because he was the determining personality in the next story. The next story being the story of the next generation, right? Now, if you look at Rashi, Rashi is. Uh, a, a, a very elucidating here. Rashi has uh, has a lot to say. Rashi says, "Vayeshev Yaakov, achar shekatav lechayishuvei Esav v'toldotav v'derek tzara shelo hayus funim 
וחשובים לפרש היחלית ישבו וסדר מלחמותיהם, איך הורישו את החורים, פרש לך יישובי יעקב ותולדותיו. In other words, Rashi says, Rashi says, what, what, what is this emphasis? This pasuk toldot Yaakov. Why, why does the Torah tell us this? So, in fact, you could ask the question, Rashi's question, backwards. The end of the previous parasha is the list of the family names of Yishmael and all of the kings that came out of uh, Yishmael. And so, that's what you would ask. Why? You know, the Perik Lamed Zayin, the Perik Lamed Vav, where you have all of the descendants of Esav are mentioned, the family of Esav, just like, you know, the generations from Adam to Noah are listed in the Torah, and then the generations from Noah to Abraham, ten generations, another ten generations. Also, the family of Esav is mentioned Extensively, and there's a wonderful comment. There's a wonderful comment in the Zohar. You don't have to uh, be nervous. <laughs> Nothing will happen. There's a comment in the Zohar. The Zohar says, the Zohar says, why, uh, why are the is the family of Esau mentioned so extensively? What am I supposed to to do with that? So the Zohar says. Not as an answer, the Zohar says, look, you have to be careful. This chapter, listing the family of Esau, is the most difficult chapter in the Torah. You know, that's like a Zohar type of statement. You see, what, what is it? Just a bunch of names. He had a wife, his wife was named, and then she had children, and the children had wives, and they had children. That's what it says in the parasha. So what's so difficult about that? So the Zohar says, everything in the Torah has a pshat and a song. Right? You could read the words and you understand what they say. And then there's a higher level or a more profound level or a hidden level of interpretation called song. When it comes to the family of Esau, there's only song. No one could ever figure out why on the level of pshat why it's in the why it's in the Torah. So Rashi says, you know why you know why Yishmael is mentioned at the end of the of the previous parasha? Because the Torah wants us to understand how important the story of Yaakov's descendants are. So first the Torah tells us about Yishmael briefly and then tells us about this the the, the children of Yaakov Extensively, so you can't do that. You can't make a comparison unless you put in what you wanted to, what you want to compare to. So, really, Raji is answering that other question: Why is, why are the families of Yishmael mentioned at the end of the previous parasha? Question, answer: Because we want to glorify the children of Yaakov. How do we do that? How does the Torah do that? Briefly speaking about Yishmael and extensively speaking about Yaakov. That's what Rashi, that's what Rashi says. That's what Rashi says. So he says, Peresh lecha Yishuvei Yaakov v'toldotav. I'm looking at the Rashi, the fifth line in the Rashi. Ki b'derech arukah. 
means the causes, all of the causes that created this wondrous story of Yosef going to Mitzrayim and then the brothers coming to Mitzrayim and the slavery in Mitzrayim. So all of these, this wondrous story that's about to happen is extensively uh, told in this in this parasha. Okay? Okay, let's go to the... Uh, well, let me read a little more of this Rashi, which is a wonderful Rashi. At the end of the fifth line. So Rashi says, just writing about something, God writing about Yaakov tells you something. It means that, that maybe what Rashi means is that, you know, when you have a lot of information, so you can make a lot of inferences. You can learn it. You, you find out all kinds of things because you have the material. You don't have that material about Yishmael. There's nothing to learn about in, with Yishmael. He says, The same principle, the generations from Adam to Noach are mentioned, but Noach the story is extensively told in the Torah because Noah was important. And then Rashi says, Mashal. Okay, he's quoting a Medrash, but, but why would he say this? Look at the Mashal. You know what Mashal is? What's a Mashal? A metaphor. Like, a, like, like another language. That's what a mashal is. It's an alternative language. You could say, tell a story. That could be a mashal. You could talk about, about, uh, you know, art and music. It is, anything could be a mashal. What's the mashal? You lost a jewel in your, in the sand. Right? In the sand. Adam mimashmesh bachol. Right? You, you, you put your hand around in the sand. The kovrobi kivara, right? You get a sifter. You sift the sand, looking for this jewel, right? Achemotzeta margalit umishemitzaa umashlichet atzrarot miyado benotel hamargalit. When he finds the jewel, he throws everything else away. You know that he was sifting, and he takes the he takes that uh, that jewel. Meaning that that it's like like the Torah almost is meandering. It says, you know, there was Ishmael and there was Esav and they had families and children about Yaakov. That's something really worth talking about. The jewel. You find the jewel. That's Yaakov. That's Rashi. Rashi felt that we needed a little more to understand what he was saying. And so he tells us this mashal. Now, now Rashi says, this is a very famous Rashi. Davar so we can talk, we're not learning Rashi now exactly. We're not learning Rashi's method. But you know that Rashi sometimes says the Varachem, but not always says it. He doesn't always. He has a lot of material. If you look in the Medrash, the Medrash always has many in explanations and interpretations for the same Pasuk or the same question or the same. But Rashi doesn't always quote that. Rashi usually is satisfied as he says himself to quote the Pshat. He wants to lead us into Pshat. When he says the varacher, because I had to say, gee, well, what was bothering Rashi? What was Rashi 
what, what was Rashi's issue that he had to say, bring this Dabar Chev? Well, let's look quickly at the Dabar Chev. The Dabar Chev, Vayeshev Yaakov. Vayeshev Yaakov. Hapishtani, Hapishtani is a guy who sells Pishtan. Pishtan is flax. I don't know what flax is. But it doesn't matter. As long as you can say the word, you're, you're, nobody ever asked me what flax was. And now I'm old enough, I'm willing to admit that I haven't got a clue of what it, what it is. But it's something you could make uh, clothes out of or something, you know. You can make shatlis out of flax. But it's like very, uh, I mean, I usually buy clothes in a store, you know, like it's hopeless. We're hopeless people. The Hapishtani Hazer. He had these camels and they were carrying bales of pishtan. He says the pecham. Pecham is a uh, coal. Coals. You know, what you make barbecue. Charcoal. <laughs> Charcoal, right. Pechani. The guy with the pecham, he didn't understand. Echi kadesh kol pishtana. How is all this pishtan going to get into the store? Haya pikeh echad meshivlo. So there was this uh, clever fellow, and he said, "Oh, it's easy. Nitzot echad yotzei mibapuach shel chashus reivet kulo." He says, "Just one spark for a mapuach is a bellows." You know. I saw a blacksmith once in my life in Prague. There's this blacksmith there who must be making a lot of money making things. And, you know, he has this bellows and the fire and this. I mean, probably you could see it on Discovery Channel also. But, uh, but the pechami, so the pechami is, is bellowing the fire up. And he says, he says, in one spark, the flax is all gone and then you have this idea that the camel can't get into the store because it's got this stuff on it so what do you and of course he wants to go into the store with a fire because he's got flax which is uh, highly combustible so the, he says how do you get in so he says to him well you know just one spark and, and it's easy you get in you know everything happens so Yaakov noted that Yishmael had all these sons who were alufim, generals or presidents or kings or whatever the word meant in that particular con- context. Et Kulan. So where did Yishmael live? Yishmael lived in Eretz Israel, and if he lived in Eretz Israel, and his family, his grandchildren, children, and all of them, and they were all came at kings and alufim amongst them, so they took up a lot of space. So Yaakov looks back and he says, "Wow, it's crowded. I mean, it's true. I live here. I also live here, but there's a lot of them. It's not just me." So he says. Tamava ma miyacholich boshet kulam ma ktiv lemata 
Eile Teldot Yaakov Yosef Uchtiv is another pasuk in Ovadia. Vayab Beit Yaakov Eish Ubeit Yosef Lahava Ubeit Yosef Kekash Nitzotz Yotzei Miyosef Shemechalet Visoref Et Kulam. So that this midrash says, according to the pasuk in Ovadia, that Yaakov, the Beit Yaakov, are like a fire. Beit Yosef is like a flame, and 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 Esav uh, is like a, is like a cash straw. So of course, you know, the fire beats the straw. That we all that we all agree to. So, what's the davar acher? What is this davar acher? What did Rashi? What does Rashi tell us this for? If, according to the first interpretation, the listing of the children of Yishmael, including all the kings, right, is kind of an irrelevancy. It's only to give us a way of comparing the way the Torah deals with Yaakov and his family and the way that the Torah deals with, um, with Yishmael. According to the Dabar Acher, According to the Barachet, there's a real message here that Vayeshev Yaakov, that the stability that Yaakov had at that moment is promised him forever. How is it promised him forever? When there's, there'll be a confrontation, this is a non political statement, no political statement. When the confrontation comes, between Esau and Yaakov, or Beit Yaakov, or Beit Yosef. So then the Pesach says, ya- uh, Yaakov will be a fire, and Esau will be straw. And fire trumps straw. That's what, so the Davar Acher, the Davar Acher, much in line with Rashi's general idea that everything in the Torah is meaningful. It doesn't, it's not just there accidentally. So the Dabar Acher is almost necessary, mandated, important for Rashi to be able to prove that there's information in the way that uh, the presentation is made. Right? There's information that's given to B'nai Yisrael about the future. And so Vayeshev Yaakov means, according to Rashi, now and forever. Now and in the future, right? Or some, some time off in the future. Whereas, according to the first interpretation, Vayeshev Yaakov is like the end of the story of Yaakov, but it does not imply anything about the future, about what will be. That's the, the, the first interpretation. Just says that, that Hashem is more interested in Yaakov than in Yishmael, certainly. And that's indicated here in this in this pasuk, okay. So now let's go on. Yaakov. The next Rashi. I'm sorry. The next pasuk has three parts to it, or four parts to it. Eilat Toldot Yaakov Yosef Ben Shvazer Shana Ayaro Et Achiv Mitzon. Right? Yosef was Roet. He was a shepherd. Et Echav means with his brothers. Like that was the family business. Vuhu Naar. Who Na'ar? Na'ar, of course, is a, a less than an adult. Exactly what a Na'ar is. I mean, halachically, it has a definition, but it's not clear what it means here in the Pasuk. V'hu Na'ar? V'hu Na'ar? Et b'nei bilhav, et b'nei zilpah, neshei aviv. So what, 
what does this have to do with his Bill Hadzilpa have to do with Yosef? I mean, I mean, I mean, maybe. Uh, well, why, who's being left out here? The the children of of Leah. I mean, what happened? Vayave Yosef v'divatam ra'ah elavihem. Vayave Yosef v'divatam ra'ah elavihem. Okay, so Rashi pasuk bet. Rashi says, "Ela toldot Yaakov, Ela shel toldot Yaakov." That's what Toldot means. Toldot doesn't mean children, but Toldot means ongoing events. The events, you know, that A caused A prime, and then A prime caused B, you know, etc. That's that's called Toldot. Rashi says the same thing in the parish of Toldot in the earlier, the parish of, of Toldot, but this is Rashi's position. Then uh, Rashi goes on and says, uh, 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 "I'm sorry, Ela Yishuvei Megilgulei Machabal Lechal Yishuv Sibari Shana Yosef Ben Shva Esrei Shana Al Yedezen Et Gal Geluvi Adulam Etzray." So, in other words, Yosef was 17 years old, and then Yosef did this, and then they, they were angry at each other. The brothers were angry, and then they did that. So that Sibari Shana. Now, when you're telling the story, first cause, the first thing that happened in this story of Toldot Yaakov, remember, it's not the story of Yaakov anymore. It's a story of, it's a story of Toldot Yaakov, and Toldot, the story of Toldot Yaakov begins with, begins with Yosef. Yosef and Shvas Rishana. And then, uh, uh, yes. Mikra. That's what Rashi says, Pshutoshal Mikra. Pshutoshal Mikra always means um, understanding the Psukim as they appear, one after the other. Whereas a Drash, a Drash can often uh, sort of usurp a word from the context, look at the word, and come up with some kind of interpretation that might even be seen at first to be a little fanciful. So Pshat, is always the order of things. Davar dibur al ofanav, which means you explain one thing going into another. That's Rashi's idea. Rashi the Pshat, he says it several times in the parish of Breshit, and then again in Noah, and, and he follows that rule. He follows that rule. That's what Pshat means. Pshat means you read the words in context. It doesn't mean I know what the answer is going to be. You could disagree about Pshat. But Pshat means, Pshat means for Rashi, again, it has different meanings for different commentaries, but for Rashi, it means I'm reading the words in order, and I'm connecting them to each other. That's what Pshat means. Drash means I'm able to kind of usurp a word or a phrase, and say, if I just looked at this word or this phrase, what might I associate it with? And that's how you come up with a drash. That's how you come up with a, that's Rashi's that's Rashi's position. So he says uh, so he says Zachab Shutosho Mikra, Liot Davadi Bualofanav, Medrashagada Doresh. You see Medrashagada means it's not shot, but it's important. 
Because Rashi was also an educator. Rashi was an educator. Rashi felt that there's a certain standard of understanding that had to be invoked here. You couldn't leave a pasuk a sort of empty-handed, not taking something away from it. Now, it doesn't, it's not true that Rashi was able to do that every single time. But there's no doubt that Rashi wanted to do that. But what he had to work with was, was Chazal. Rashi didn't make things up, generally, generally speaking. It is true that Rashi, um, it is true that, that Rashi uh, uh, depended to a certain extent on grammarians, right? You know grammarians? Like grammar was not a Jewish enterprise. There were very few Jewish grammarians until the Arab grammarian or the Arabic-speaking grammarians had a tremendous influence on on the Jews because the the grammarians were doing holy work in Arabic. They were proving that the Quran was somehow a magical text because it represented perfect Arabic. It was, it was something very special. And so the Jews learned from that. They learned from that. And one of the books that Rashi kept on his table, probably, although you have to go to, to that museum. What's that Be- museum? Be- 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 but the, one of the books that Steinsatz, Rashi, <laughs> but one of the books that Rashi had that he used all the time was called the Machberet Menachem. Machberet Menachem. Menachem, as in Menachem Ben Saruf, who is a, a street not far from here, who is you know, memorialized in a street. Menachem Ben Saruf. The Machberet was a dictionary. Was a dictionary that. Uh, um, until that time, Jews didn't really, weren't really so involved in that kind of labor. But Benachem ben Saruk, influenced by the Arabic grammarians, wrote a dictionary which Rashi used all the time. It was one of the books that Rashi used that was not written by Chazal, not written by, you know, Tanaim or Moraim. So, what? It was Hebrew, Hebrew. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a, like a, a root. I mean, he believed in, uh, um, you know, that there were two-letter roots to words. Sometimes three letters, sometimes two letters, sometimes four letters. You know, there are words in Hebrew which have reduplicated two-letter roots, like galgal. You know, like, you know, there, there are a lot of words in Hebrew like that. So Menachem thought that there were two-letter roots and three-letter roots. We sort of... Uh, when we go to Ulpan, they teach us that there are three letter roots and that the ones that don't work out they stick in a, a space or an X or something, you know. But it's hard. In, in other words, roots are part of, we only imagine that they exist. Right? There are no roots. So if you're imagining something, you can imagine anything you want. Well, two letters, three letters, four letters, and it's all, it's all, uh, part of the deal. So here Rashi says, Rashi says Medrash uh, Agadah, uh, that's what we're up to, right? Doresh. Talaka Tuftodot Yaakov Yosef Bebenei Kamadvarim. So the Medrash is not happy about this. According to Rashi, this is not Pshat. 
but there is a connection to Allah that there is a connection between Yaakov and Yosef Midnei Kamad where him he says Achat first Shekol Atzvoshu Yaakov Lo Avad Etzel Avan Ela Berachel Right? Shekol Atzvoshu Yaakov Lo Avad Etzel Avan He was a slave to Lavan for Rachel and Yosef looked just like his father Yaakov and a lot of things are repetitive Yaakov and Yosef he was hated he was hated Yaakov his brother tried to kill him Yosef his brothers tried to kill him right so what is this? What is Rashi telling us? What is Rashi telling us? Rashi say, it's not so that by Yeshiv Yaakov is the end of the story of Yaakov. But in fact, the story of Yaakov continues through Yosef. Because Yosef had qualities that made him the brother who was the son of Yaakov. So we'll see in a minute when Yaakov gives Yosef a present, when he gives him this Ketonet Pasim, it's because, according to Rashi, Yosef was the one who inherited Yaakov. It wasn't because Yaakov liked him. We'll see in a minute. We'll see in a minute. But it was because Yaakov couldn't really... He looked at his children and he saw that Yosef was different. He wasn't like anybody else. He was like himself. And that's why he knew that Yosef had to, get, had to be treated differently, specially particularly, right, any of those, any of those words. So that's what, that's what Rashi quotes from the, from the Medrash. Okay? The old Medrash, Bo, I'm at the, on the end of the line, I, they're not numbered. Old Medrash, Bo, uh, four inches from the bottom of the Rashi. Four inches from the bottom of the Rashi. Old Medrash, Bo, it says, there's another Drash. Again, Drash means it's not shot. Right in that shot, that Vayeshev became Shachov Vayeshev Shalva Kafatz Alav Rogzoshal Yosef. Yaakov only wanted to he wanted to be retirement. He wanted to go to retirement mode. He had a hard life. It was difficult. He made it right. So he was Vayeshev Yaakov. He wanted to he wanted to retire. Kafatz Alav Rogzoshal Yosef. Yosef's anger, you know, the anger that he generated, that Yosef generated, kafatzalav, like he suddenly had to deal with it. Right, the brothers came to him, and Yosef came to him, and so he was out of retirement. He was no longer retired. He had to take care of, he had to take care of things. And then, listen to this. I'm sure that this is relevant. So, so, what is this? The righteous, they want to be retired. Righteous can't retire. It's a Varkavish Bochum, Lodayan. The Tzadikim, Mashem, Mitukanaim, Olama, Baza. What do you mean? The Tzadikim are not satisfied by the fact that in Olama, Baza, they're going to get good seats? Enough. Ela Shavakshim, Leshevi Shavab, Olama, Zeba, they also want to be retired, happy. Successful, calm, Baulam Hazet. No, no, no. Can't be. So it's hard to know whether this is a criticism 
or or a, a positive thing about Yaakov's relationship to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Hakadosh Baruch said, "How could how come uh, Yaakov wants to retire? He's one of the tzaddikim. We need tzaddikim to be active. We don't need retired tzaddikim. I mean, what's the point?" And he says, "It should be enough that Yaakov knows that he's going to get great schar, great reward in Olam Haba. But what does he need retirement for Olam mean, That's that's ridiculous." Okay, so that's what it says. That's what Rashi says. So Rashi, Rashi is dealing with this problem by Yeshev Yaakov and Ela told of Yaakov Yosef several times. Is it connected? Is it not connected? Right? Even though the simple interpretation I told you at the beginning of our, of our conversation, but Rashi keeps coming back to it. So he goes, he goes on uh, and explains the rest of the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Rashi, Shayahu He would do silly things like young people do silly things. Mitakein He would like uh, comb his hair, and his eyes. In order that he should look uh, uh, pleasant, uh, nice, beautiful. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if uh, if this is a. Uh, uh, I guess it's. A, We'll say it's a criticism, okay? We'll take it as a, as a criticism. Et b'nei bilha, klomar, ragil eitzel b'nei bilha, l'fishayu echav mevazin otal v'hu mekarvan. So this is a, certainly a positive statement. So Rashi's conception of Yosef, young Yosef, is unclear. He does things that are silly, and he does things that are righteous. He's on the one hand uh, uh, the the imitation of his father, but he's not yet in that the world of his father. The world of his father is a world of tremendous tension and and, and dispute and and striving. And he had to do things that that were very difficult. Yosef is not yet in that position, but he somehow is related, Rashi says, related to his father, he looks like him, he sounds like him, he acts like him, the things that happened to him that are similar. And here, you see, Yosef, on the one hand, can be very uh, kind to B'nai Bilha, B'nai Zilpah. On the other hand, he's a na'ar. He's a na'ar. He's not able to uh, to control what might be controlled. Finally, Rashi says, that uh, he brought... He, he slandered them. He slandered the uh, the Bnei Bilha Bnei Zilpah. Rashi says, "Adibatam Raha, Kol Raha Shayiro Ebechav Bnei Lea Ayam Agid LaAviv." Anytime he saw that his brothers were doing something that they shouldn't do, he go running to his father. Shayochli Meiver Menachai that they ate uh, uh, limbs of animals before they were slaughtered. Either a limb, minachai, from the living animal. That's that's asur minatorah. Mezalzolin dibneishvachot likotan avadim, and he would call. Uh, they would call the uh, the children of the shvachot of the what's a shivcha? A maid servant. Okay, uh, uh, a maid certainly. It was like the other wives, like the other two wives, Bilha and Zilpa. So he would he would uh, uh, say that the, the his brothers would call them slaves. 
וחשודים על הראיות, and they were even, even suspected of doing a sexual uh, misconduct, ובשלושתן לקה. And because of that, Yosef was punished. על אבן מנחי, בישחטו סיריזים למכירתו, when they sold Yosef, they, they, uh, they slaughtered an animal, they didn't the אבן מנחי, ולא אכלו ככה, ועל דיבה שציפר להם שקוראים לה אחיהם עבדים, לעבד נמכר יוסף, ועל הראיות שסיפר עליהם, ותישא אשת אדום. So you see, Rashi is taking care of an incidental problem. He says, if Yosef was a good fellow, even though he had certain indiscretions, but if he basically was good to others, and if he was the, uh, the, the spitten image of his father, right? and if he, he had already received from his father a lot of important things, right? Uh, then why was his trip to Mitzrayim so difficult? And why did he have to be enslaved in Mitzrayim? And why did he have to confront why did all this have to happen to him? So Rashi quotes Chazal. Rashi quotes Chazal. And, and the Chazal is saying is that all of these things were a kind of purifying um, activity. Like, like God want, wanted to make sure that, that Yosef was worthy. So if he had certain indiscretions in his past, they had to be cleared up according to this Midrash. And they were cleared up. They were cleared up. Uh, 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 according to the Midrash. So, so again, Rashi seems to, to indicate to us that Yosef was a, a complex personality, at least in his early days. He had potential, but he wasn't always activating that potential. Now, the, 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 uh, the, uh, uh, next Pasuk says, Yisrael Ahaved Yosef Banab. So we know why. We know why, more or less, according to Rashi, because he looked at Yosef and he saw himself. He saw the future. He saw this was going to happen. He had many sons, but this son was obviously special, right? He was a ben skunim, ben son skunim, my my advanced years when I'm older. That was a ben skunim pasim. And he made for him a ketonet, which is a, some kind of a coat, right? Pasim. Pasim, uh, we'll leave that out. We'll leave that word out because Rashi is going to explain it to us. So now if you look at that Rashi, Ben Skunim. You see Rashi Ben Skunim? It was a child that he had when he was older. The Ogolistir game and Rashi. Right, you know that Ungulus for Rashi was a primary source. Ungulus was a Talmud of Tanaim, according to the, the Gemara, right? The, he was a student of Tanaim. So he was himself like a Tana. Rashi thinks that, that Ungulus is a primary source, even though Ungulus usually uh, 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 translates literally, like a word for a word, right? Uh, sometimes he doesn't. And this is one of the cases. Because in the Torah it says, Ben Zikunim. But Ugolistir game, Bar Chakim Avale. Bar Chakim, son, smart. A smart son. 
Not ben zikunim. I mean, you could say that the word zakein itself has two meanings, right? A zakein is an old person, but a zakein is also a learned person sometimes. So it could be that that's how Rashi gets, how Unculus, I'm sorry, gets to bar hakim, right? From, from zikunim. So Rashi says, uh, that, that again, another quality that, another quality that Yosef had was that he was the outstanding student of his father. His father spent years in the yeshiva of Sheva Eber, and all of what he learned, he was teaching to his son, Davar Acher, he says, Zaya Zivi Konenjelo Domelo. And that's why, that's why he's called, uh, Davar Cher, that's what a Ben Zukunim is. Like he saw him, he saw him in himself. He saw himself in him. He saw himself in him. Yaakov saw himself in, in, in Yosef. In Yosef. Now let's look at the word Pasim. You see Pasim? Mm-hmm. It's like um, cloth, uh, uh, not linen, but uh, like, uh, like cloth, uh, woven cloth. Kemo karpas pele to kemo. This he got from machberet menachem. Umedrash agada. You see, I'm, I'm skipping a few words here. Medrash agada al shem shorotav shenimka lepotifar v'socharim lishmaelim lemidyanim. You get it? What peisamach yud men? Okay, peisam yud men. Now, what is that? You think Rashi really thought that that was what it was? Well, let's say, what do you think? You think Rashi said that, that God is trying to figure out like cute little anagrams for us? <laughs> so I think, I think, I think so I understand Rashi. Rashi says this, Ketonet Pasim is a difficult word. The word Pasim is difficult. If the, if the Torah wanted to say that he made him a ketonet out of tzemer. He could have said that. Or ketonet What difference does it make what it made it out of? Ketonet. He gave him a ketonet. Isn't that enough? So Rashi says, if you write pasim, you know what the ketonet is made out of, but you also get value added. Right? There's a vat here in, in, the, in the word pasim that it tells me something about the history. And it says that when Yaakov gave Yosef this ketonet, he said to him, look, I know you're going to have a tough time. Things are going to be very tough right now. And therefore, I'll give you this present. Like presents always make you feel better, right? Even for only a short time. So he said, so he said you get a value added by speaking in the word pasim. That's very much Rashi. It's very much Rashi. Rashi, if he can, he will always tell us the lexio difficilio, right? That, that the, the more difficult word deserves our attention. When we know a simpler word that the Torah could use, even though it's true, it's simple and difficult, it just means statistically, like they're words that we use easily, and they're words that we only use when we're trying to be fancy. So the, the, when the Torah uses a fancy word, if I could show you that that fancy word contains some other message, some other piece of information, so that's good. It's my prophet. My prophet. That's Rashi. So you have to say that according to Rashi, 
Yosef is a complex personality, right? Now I want to do the Ramban quickly. I mean, you see the Ramban two, four, five, six. He's talking about he's talking about Ben Zikunim. Again, what did what did Rashi say? Rashi said he, he reminded us of Unculus that Ben Zikunim meant that he was a Talmud Chacham that he learned. Roshem Ve'eva, look what the Ramban says, oh, we, got, we haven't got the time, we have to finish. V'nei Ebei Naikim, V'nagas Kenim, Sheikhu Echad B'bdei Hemek Tanim, V'yoti Molishato. He says that, he says when you get old, so your older children, they're all out, and they're working, and they're doing something, so you take a younger child, and you appoint him your Filipini, right? You, you help me out. So, of course, that creates a certain bond that you have with that child with, that you don't have with the other children. That's what that's what the Ramban said. And then he says, Uncle is four lines from the bottom. That he thought his son Yosef was really clever. And, and you talk about a word in Hebrew, Zakain. A Zakain is someone who's learned, who knows Torah. Right, he's called I uh, call it Zakein, Zakein, not necessarily somebody who has reached an old uh, old age. Okay, so this is again um, the Rabban. The Rabban has a simpler view of Yosef. Yosef has not yet become, according to the Rabban, Yosef Atzadeh. Yosef, he has to go through this this uh, litany of tsarot that is represented by the word Asim, according to Rashi, in order to become, to become Yosef, to become Yosef, the one who's going to forge, actually forge the Jewish people. Right? I mean, of course, it's Yaakov, is the father. And Yaakov hands down the tradition of Yitzchak and Abraham. But the one who's going to make Am Yisrael into a nation somehow, and force them to consider their future as a nation, is going to be Yosef. And so let's look. Uh, let's look at the uh, at the svatim that was on the second side. Uh, here, <coughs> so svatim has two things interesting to say. Since it doesn't like Rashi, Rashi said "dibatam ra'ah" means that Yosef used to tell stories about his brothers to his father. Right? You remember that? Right? That's what that's what Rashi says. Quoting Chazal, the Svatimet says on the top. So, so, so what the Svatimet does first is that he he denies the historicity of Yosef. There's no Yosef earlier and later. There's no Yosef who is a, who is a child and then becomes an adult. There's no Yosef who is a who's playing you know softball and then decides to become a leader of the people. It's not really, that's not Yosef. Yosef was always Yosef. He was whatever Yosef is, and this is like you know the the background to those art scroll books about great rabbis who are always the same, right? They're always three years old, ten years old, fifty years old, a hundred years old, they're all exactly the same all the time. So right, this is what tells us what, what Svasad has said. How can you be Yosef at Tzadik and tell Lashon Hara? Ah, ki at Tzadik, be'emet, e'yechol is bol, shemetz dabar. 
<laughs> so he says, he has, a, he, has a, he has says that there is a situation in which even the righteous have difficulty containing themselves. And all the brothers understood that if this bond is forged between Yosef and his fathers, they would be all pushed away. Yosef Yosef Atzadik, you know Yosef Atzadik. I don't, you know, I never. It, it wasn't clear to me that he became Yosef Atzadik at the age of fifteen or seventeen or or whatever. But according to the Svatamet, he was. He was always Yosef Atzadik. I mean, the argument is that you can't really become a Atzadik. It's not like it's not like that. An option. You are or you aren't. That's the way. That's the way the Svatamet uh, 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 looks at it. And therefore, he says, Yosef wasn't interested in this world. What about the Rashi that says Uhunar, that he would uh, doll himself up and try to look good? It's also called Ben Zikunim. is like people don't have. Yetzirah, the parents. He was born. He was born to parents who who, who didn't have a Yetzirah, and that's uh, uh, that's why he he became the way he was. He couldn't put up with his brothers. So you see, the Svatamet is struggling. I mean, if you go through it, you see, you see, okay, okay. <laughs> he's, he's like grabbing both ends at the same time. He is that way, but he did talk Lashon Hara. It says in the Chumash, he spoke Lashon Hara, but you can't really argue, argue with that. He says, well, there's Lashon Hara, there's Lashon Hara, there's Lashon Hara for regular people. And uh, that, certainly Yosef had nothing to do with that, but then there's Lashon Hara for Tzadikim. <laughs> that sometimes even Sadiqin can't put up with what's going on around them. They have to speak up. Now, let's look at the second part of the of the of the Swatana. How come? Why did God let Yaakov suffer all those years that Yosef would try thinking he was dead? Right? Why why couldn't uh, God tell Yaakov that, that Yosef was really alive. It's all going to work out. Don't worry, you know, just, just stay calm. The Cherem refers to the agreement that the, uh, the brothers made that they wouldn't tell anybody what really happened to Yosef. And then uh, to make this kind of agreement, you needed a million. And they looked around and they didn't have, they didn't have a minion. So they asked the Kaddish Baruch to be the tenth man, so to speak. And therefore, Yaakov was never told. Never, Yaakov was never told. I mean, this is a somewhat of a fanciful interpretation, but it deals with the question. 
I mean, the, I mean, the question is there. So the answer is, well, somehow, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want to tell it, or didn't have reason to tell it. So here you see, he says, Mikol Makom, Lama Sivvo could it be a bin for his benefit? Yosef Bergi, I love Tsar Yoter. I'm sorry, Yaakov. Kayalo Tsar Yoter, Mayayodea, Kirimkala Mitzrim, Makom Ervavituma, the Mitzrayim. What was worse? That Yaakov thought that his son was dead? Or that his son was living his life in Mitzrayim by himself, a place which is impure and unclean and, and etc. He says, Ki be'emet, ha'yad ha'vagadol ma'od, she'nesha'a Yosef ha'tzadik b'kudushato b'mitzrayim. It's really remarkable that Yosef remained righteous in Mitzrayim. In the Reki HaKadosh Bochu, asa'a kol that everything was done for good. Ki lo'ayah b'avshari she'yigalu b'nei Yisrael b'lti b'mitzrayim. He says that gu'ulah, uh, that Yosef had to go to Mitzrayim in order to pull the rest of the people to Mitzrayim. He had to be sold to Mitzrayim as part of a lie that the brothers told. And this supported him. He knew that that he was going to get away from his brothers. So I just want to tell you, this Vatamet was written 800 years. Uh, 750 years after the Ramban. About a thousand, eight hundred years after, after Rashi, and the difference between them is there is really, that as far as Rashi is concerned, and the Ramban, there are in the early years. Whatever you say about Yosef, and Yosef is called in rabbinic literature Yosef Atzadik. He's the only one who is called Yosef Atzadik. If you know the song, Yosef is Atzadik in the song, which proves something or other. So. Yosef is a tzaddik, but according to Rashi and according to the Ramban, it was an earlier period in his life when he wasn't a tzaddik, or if he was a good person, he wasn't the perfect tzaddik at that time. That's what Rashi is willing, that's the path that Rashi is willing to lead us to. The Svata and the Ramban. The Ramban also talks about Ben Skunim, and, and he gives different, a different way of, of looking at it. But the Svater met, he, he lived 800 years later. And he said that he, the Svater met, who knew about such things, I mean, after all, his father, his father died, but his grandfather was the Chidushi Arim, the first Ger Rebbe, and he was the uh, second Ger Rebbe, and then Ger was the largest Hasidut in Poland before World War II. And large meant, you know, tens of thousands of Hasidim. They say there may have been a hundred thousand uh, Ger Hasidim in Poland, which is, you know, a very remarkable thing. It's not like today. Today, because in those days they didn't have so many children. Or if they had children, they died. 
to have like all this this army of Hasidim was not such an easy such an easy feat, but he, but they did it. Ger was was an amazing enterprise, and the Svat Emet was an amazing person. But the Svat Emet said, "You don't become a tzaddik." End of You don't. There's no tzaddik school. The Rambam said that there is. Like there was a school for Nevi'im, it was a school for prophets. You could go to the prophet school, you'll either become a prophet, or you won't become a prophet, but you go to school and try because the possibility exists. There is a possibility for perfection. Even though, according to the Rambam, nobody's going to be like Moshe Rabbeinu, but you could be like, like a prophet. You could be that kind of a person who's totally focused on, uh, on, on your spiritual life. That, you could hap- that could happen, and you could learn to do that. And you have to learn to do that. The Svat Emet said, in the matter of Chassidut, in the matter of Chassidut, believe in the Rebbe and the Tzaddik, and that, that you're born with it. And you are, even if you're chosen, if you're chosen by some democratic process, like, you know, voting or something, as they used to do in Chabad, even if you're chosen, they choose the right person. Right? It's not like, like, uh, like a presidential election where you have to choose between two people that you don't want. In a Hasidic election, you're always going to choose the person who should be chosen. Because to be that kind of person, you have to be mibetel umileida. You have to be uh, uh, born with it. You have to have that that quality, those qualities of tzikut, of kedushah and tahara. And, and, and so the way the Svat Emet will explain the tribulations, the trial and tribulations of the life of Yosef, it's not as Rashi says, he brought Lashon Hara and therefore he had to be purified and punished for the Lashon Hara that he brought. But the Svat Emet will say, it's Am Yisrael that needed this kind of emphasis on Kedushah and Tahara, this kind of, of, of uh, engaging Engaging the the Egyptian uh, uh, world, the world of Egypt, which is a world of of arayot, of of, of sexual deformities and, and and idolatries, that that had to be that world had to be engaged by Am Yisrael in order to make them worthy of receiving the Torah. It just couldn't be that Am Yisrael would receive the Torah because they were the grandchildren of Avram Avinu. That was enough. And so Yosef, who's led this charge into, according to Svatimet, purification and sanctification, right, preparing Am Yisrael. So he had to, he did it for them. He led them into this, into this path. He taught them, I mean, in the, in the, in the uh, that you can, that you can bear the weight of, of, of hate, of dislike, of slavery, of uh, of uh, being drawn into uh, to the direction of of unconscionable relationships, all of that was what he taught them. That the Torah that they would receive was something that they could actually receive. They could accept it, even though the Torah is about limitations. It's about up to here, not any further. And there was no reason to think that the children of Yaakov thought in those terms or had that on their minds and yet Yosef was charged with bringing that to the fore that you can do it that you can do it it wasn't like they stood at Har Sinai and they said oh goodness you know like 
this is really crazy. Well, I'm not going to do this. I can't do that. Like all the nations of the world. What was it in the Medrash, right? The Medrash says that when B'nai Yisrael were standing at Har Sinai, they said, yes, we'll take the Torah. Well, well how come? How come they, they, they agreed? So the Svatamet would say, well, because of, uh, of Mitzrayim. Well, how come they went, they, they made it through Mitzrayim? Well, that was because of Yosef and Sadiq. Yosef showed them that you could live in a world of limits, of, of, of that preordained kind of world that, uh, that the Torah prescribes, uh, prescribes for us and describes for us. And Yosef, Yosef as one of the brothers, Right, was schlepping all his brothers along in his path. It wasn't just the history of Yosef, but the history of Am Yisrael, that Yosef was leading Am Yisrael. You see in all the stories that Yosef led Am Yisrael, the, 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 his, his brothers and their children and their wives, etc. He led them into Mitzrayim, into Eretz Goshen, into slavery, into redemption, right? That was all, all Yosef. And you know that Yosef, when Yosef died, he said, take me and bury me in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, absolute confidence. It wasn't like Yaakov who said, take me now and bury me now in Eretz Yisrael, which sounds like a little less confident. That Yosef was absolutely confident that when you leave, take me with you. And they did. They did, but, but this was Yosef. Yosef was the man who created the future of Am Yisrael. Right? He created that, that future. Of course, you know, hands and hands, so to speak, with God, but he, he was the, the point man. The point man on creating Am Yisrael. And so he said to Am Yisrael, when you leave Mitzrayim, take me with you. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And so you see the Svat the Svatimet, because of his uh, bias, say, uh, let's say, uh, that Sadikim are, are, are created and not developed. Right? They don't just, you know, there's no course. You know, they, of course, are being a, 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 a Tzadik. If you've got it, you've got it. And Yosef was Yosef and Tzadik all the times. Either Sabsukim would seem to be at variance with that. Okay. You know, you can always deal with that. Once you have your basic concept clear in your mind, so you see that Rashi, Rashi and the Ramban, are on one side of this story, and hundreds of years later, the Svatimets are a little bit different side of the story, so we have two, they're like two Yosefs, the Yosef that developed into Yosef Atzadik, and the Yosef who always was Yosef Atzadik. Uh, have a good show. Yes, sir.